Hey, Bible, y'all. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Bible Y'all podcast for Sunday, March 3rd. Happy I Want You to Be Happy Day, which I do. And if you do too, then go on out and do nice things for people, like over tip or let people merge or make jokes during Bible study so folks will have fun, which I also do because I want y'all to be happy. Today is also Peach Blossom Day, which is a Japanese holiday that celebrates girly girls and all the feminine qualities that make them girly girls like being pretty and dainty, delicate and sweet smelling, like peach blossoms, which are in bloom this time of year in Japan. You celebrate by giving girls gifts, talking sweet to them, and calling them pet names like peach blossom, which is pretty much every day for most young fellas. Or it ought to be. I know living in the upside down like we are, femininity is disdained as much as trying to make people happy is. The B system's flat trying to wipe women out. They won't even let you define the word. It's like Ben Shapiro said, this Women's History Month, all the best women are men. Cause it's fashionable right now for B-system acolytes to insist that they something other than the gender they really are. And I know how heartbreaking it is for us Christian types to have to stand back and watch while they do themselves permanent harm. But number one, trust me, it's a fad. Once enough of them figure out how happy they ain't, it'll blow over as quick as that adopting African babies fad did about 20 years ago. And B, We Christians are supposed to come out of the world religion and be different. It's totally okay for our young fellas to like girly girls and vice versa. And it's okay for us to try to spread a little happiness by ministering to them what needs it. So go on out and try to make the world a better place. And if you ain't gonna do that, at least stop making it worse. Hey, that's pretty good, write that down. Our reading for today is Leviticus 27, 14 through Numbers 154, Mark 11, 1 through 26, Psalm 46, 1 through 11, and Proverbs 10, 23. So if y'all are ready, you know why they're doing it, right? Cause big, healthy Christian families is what scares the beast system the most. Y'all want to do some real spiritual warfare? Start building some of those. But before we get to the reading, let's me and the squad do a review of yesterday's study. So yesterday, on March 2nd, in the Old Testament, we read Leviticus 25:47 through 27:13, and we wrap up chapter 25 still talking about rules for slavery and servants. It says, "If a sojourner or a stranger wax rich by thee, and thy brother that dwelleth by him wax poor, and sell himself unto the stranger, one of his brethren may redeem him, or if he be able, he may redeem himself. And then y'all have to pay a prorated amount for between now and the year of jubilee." for the time the stranger loses until you would have gone free anyway. And just the idea of selling yourself into slavery sounds unacceptable to us, but our lives are pretty easy. I mean, we have the luxury of being offended by stuff like pronouns and being too white, as opposed to, say, everybody you know starving to death because your plow mule got bit by a snake and died. So yeah, none of us are in any position to second guess how they did things back then. And then in chapter 26, God reminds them of the most important rules, namely, ye shall make no idols nor graven image, and ye shall keep my Sabbaths. And if you do that, we ain't got no problems. I'll give you rain in due season, and the land shall yield her increase, and I will give you peace in the land, and a whole bunch of other things that are going to go real good for you, long as you behave. But if ye will not hearken unto me, and will not do all these commandments, it's going to be rough. 
like y'all don't even know. I will even appoint over you terror, consumption, and the burning plague that shall consume the eyes, and cause sorrow of heart, and ye shall sow your seed in vain, for your enemies shall eat it. I will also send wild beasts among you, which shall rob you of your children, and destroy your cattle, and make you few in number, and your highways shall be desolate. And it just kind of goes on and on like that for a while, with God listing all the trouble them idols are going to cause them. He really couldn't have explained things any clearer. Verse 18 says, If ye will not yet for all this hearken unto me, then I will punish you seven times more for your sins. And this is going to come up later when we get to when Cyrus releases them from captivity. Because if you apply that seven times more for your sins thing from a couple of particular events, you get the exact days that Israel became a nation again in 1948 and when they took Jerusalem in 1967. And that's tangential to what we're talking about here, but keep it in mind. Or go look it up now. It'll freak you out. In this list of consequences, God alludes to the captivity and paying tribute and eating the flesh of your sons, all of which are things that happened when Israel was disobedient. But we'll get to that too. Verse 34 says, Then shall the land enjoy her Sabbaths, as long as it lieth desolate, and ye be in your enemy's land. Even then shall the land rest and enjoy her Sabbaths. As long as it lieth desolate, it shall rest, because it did not rest in your Sabbaths when ye dwelt upon it. And that's prophetic because that's a thing that they did. They ignored the Sabbath of the land for 490 years. So God put them in captivity in Babylon for 70 years to get back what the land was owed. But again, we'll get to that. Verse 40, he tells them that even if y'all disobey, but repent of it and turn back to God, then will I remember my covenant with Jacob and also my covenant with Isaac and with Abraham, and I will remember the land. So they can get some forgiveness and he'll call off the punishment. Of course, guess which door they chose. Oh, and by the way, nowadays what the Jews do is they farm all but one-seventh of their property, which they rotate every year, so they can farm all year round and leave one portion to lay fallow. And then in chapter 27, verse 2 says, Speak unto the children of Israel, and say unto them, When a man shall make a singular vow, the persons shall be for the Lord by thy estimation. And what this is talking about is vows either of thanksgiving or for something serious, like healing from an illness or being delivered from danger, or a vow of supplication to ask for those things. And in doing that, a man might dedicate himself or his wife or his child or his servant to the Lord. And what this is saying is, if a man makes such a vow, he has to pay money to redeem himself or whoever. And it gives a price list according to the age and sex of the person plus interest. But we stopped at verse 13. So God tells them what to do and what will happen if they don't, so that when it happens, they know it was God and will repent. So the record is set for future generations. They will know the letter of the law, which is impossible to keep. But God sees the heart. He knows who loves him. And then in the New Testament, we read Mark 10, 32-52. And we just finished the Suffer the Little Children incident, and they headed off to Jerusalem. And the disciples were both amazed and afraid, apparently because he was spelling out what was about to happen to him once they got there. Namely, the Son of Man shall be delivered unto the chief priests and unto the scribes, and they shall condemn him to death. But since the Jews no longer have the right of capital punishment, because it was prophesied that they'd lose that when Jesus came, which he did, and they did, they shall deliver him to the Gentiles to carry that sentence out, which they did. And they shall mock him, and shall scourge him, and shall spit upon him, and shall kill him, and the third day he shall rise again. And that's pretty much it in a nutshell. And then, 
James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who these guys really bug me, because after Jesus told them all that horror story, they come to him and ask for more of a favor than they have a right to ask for. They want to sit at his right and left hands when he comes in his glory. And Matthew, who was there, mentions that their mom was the one who spearheaded that. Either that or these two snowflakes got their mom to ask on their behalf. But either way, it don't matter because they obviously have no idea what's going on. And Jesus basically calls them out. He says, y'all got no idea what you're talking about. Can ye drink of the cup that I drink of and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? And they're like, oh yeah, absolutely. Which they should not have said because the cup he's referring to is a scourging and the baptism is death by crucifixion. I mean, y'all really got to start paying attention to exactly what Jesus is saying. But Jesus is like, yeah, I know y'all will, but to sit on my right hand and on my left hand is not mine to give, but it shall be given to them for whom it is prepared, by the Father, in other words. And the rest of the disciples got all spun up about this and began to be much displeased with James and John. But Jesus calmed them down and said, basically, I know what kind of culture y'all come from, that the rich and powerful demand worship from the rest of y'all. So I'm not surprised when y'all think that's what my kingdom is going to be like too. But so shall it not be among you. But whosoever will be great among you shall be your minister. And whosoever of you will be the chiefest shall be servant of all. Because look what I'm doing here right now. I came not to be ministered unto, but to minister. And to give his life a ransom for many. So every suffering servant is a type of Christ, sort of. So they walk on, and about the time they come through Jericho, they meet up with this dude named Blind Bartimaeus by the highway side begging. And Matthew says there were two guys. And what I figure is, when Peter was dictating this to Mark, he probably said something like, there were two guys there. One of them I knew. We called him Blind Bartimaeus. The other guy I never met. So anyway, he starts to holler at Jesus, begging for mercy. And everybody's like, shut up, Blind Bartimaeus. But that just made him holler louder. So Jesus calls him over. And he, casting away his garment, rose and came to Jesus. That is, his outer garment, the one that was thrown over him loosely like a cloak, sort of. He probably wasn't naked. He might have been naked, but he probably wasn't. The idea is he wanted to run to Jesus unimpeded. He didn't want nothing tripping him up, because symbolism. And Jesus is like, what you need, blind Bartimaeus? And the blind man said unto him, Lord, that I might receive my sight. Even I can see that, and I'm blind Bartimaeus which Jesus must have thought was funny because he said, Go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus in the way. Or that's how I picture it going down anyway. No matter how obvious our need, we got to ask the Lord for it sometimes. There's no formula for healing. God's looking for faith in the earth to show himself strong. It's these things, healing, deliverance, miracles that are to follow believers. And then in Psalms, we read Psalm 45, 1-17. And this is another mascal for the sons of Korah, and it's called a song of loves. So this will be good. It starts out, my heart is indicting a good matter, which means to compose or to put down in writing. It says, I speak of the things which I have made touching the king. Literally, I say my works to the king. What he's saying is that which I meditate on and am about to compose pertains to the king. And he says stuff like, thou art fairer than the children of men. Grace is poured into thy lips, therefore God hath blessed thee forever. And the Hebrew word rendered thou art fairer is a duplication of the word meaning beautiful. So literally it says, beautiful, beautiful art thou above the children of men. And the fact that he's talking this way about another dude might make you uncomfortable. It does me, 
but he's really talking about the Messiah, the King. So this is all spiritualized beauty. It's more about power and awesomeness, like in verse 4 where it says, And in thy majesty ride prosperously because of truth and meekness and righteousness, and thy right hand shall teach thee terrible things. And verse 6, he kind of just spells it out when he says, Thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. The scepter of thy kingdom is a right scepter. And the word scepter refers to God's right to rule and make law. And A Song of Loves turns out to be a pretty accurate title because it just kind of goes on like that with praise and compliments. Adoring the Lord and appreciating Him the way we do our friends and spouses. Of course, we're just pleasing the Lord and stating the obvious, but we're the ones that come away edified after spending this kind of time with the Lord. And then in Proverbs, we read Proverbs 10.22, which says, The blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich, and he addeth no sorrow with it. The Lord may not make you physically wealthy. He might, but he might not. But there's way more important riches than that. I love this. The blessing of the Lord adds no sorrow. Have you heard the expression, it was a blessing in disguise? Nope. God doesn't give mixed blessings. He gives things that make us happy to add to our joy, not to subtract from it. If we don't love the truth, we will believe a lie. A truth-based response would be something like, God makes all things work for the good of those that love him. But that's the end of our review of yesterday's study. Thanks for your help, babe. Our reading in the Old Testament for March 3rd is Leviticus 27.14 through Numbers 154. And when a man shall sanctify his house to be holy unto the Lord, then the priest shall estimate it, whether it be good or bad. As the priest shall estimate it, so shall it stand. And if he that sanctified it will redeem his house, then he shall add the fifth part of the money of thy estimation unto it, and it shall be his. And if a man shall sanctify unto the Lord some part of a field of his possession, then thy estimation shall be according to the seed thereof. An omer of barley seed shall be valued at fifty shekels of silver. If he sanctify his field from the year of Jubilee, according to thy estimation, it shall stand. But if he sanctify his field after the Jubilee, then the priest shall reckon unto him the money according to the years that remain, even unto the year of Jubilee, and it shall be abated from thy estimation. And if he that sanctified the field will in any wise redeem it, then he shall add the fifth part of the money of thy estimation unto it, and it shall be assured to him. And if he will not redeem the field, or if he have sold the field to another man, it shall not be redeemed any more. But the field, when it goeth out in the jubilee, shall be holy unto the Lord as a field devoted. The possession thereof shall be the priests. And if a man sanctify unto the Lord a field which he hath bought, which is not of the field of his possession, then the priest shall reckon unto him the worth of thy estimation, even unto the year of the jubilee. And he shall give thine estimation in that day as a holy thing unto the Lord. In the year of the jubilee, the field shall return unto him of whom it was bought, even to him to whom the possession of the land did belong. And all thy estimations shall be according to the shekel of the sanctuary. Twenty geras shall be the shekel. Only the firstling of the beasts, which should be the Lord's firstling, no man shall sanctify it. Whether it be ox or sheep, it is the Lord's. And if it be of an unclean beast, then he shall redeem it according to thine estimation, and shall add a fifth part of it thereto. Or if it be not redeemed, then it shall be sold according to thy estimation. Notwithstanding, no devoted thing that a man shall devote unto the Lord of all that he hath, both of man and beast, and of the field of his possession, shall be sold or redeemed. Every devoted thing is most holy unto the Lord. None devoted which shall be devoted of men shall be redeemed, but shall surely be put to death. 
And all the tithe of the land, whether of the seed of the land or the fruit of the tree, is the Lord's. It is holy unto the Lord. And if a man will at all redeem aught of his tithes, he shall add thereto the fifth part thereof. And concerning the tithe of the herd or of the flock, even of whatsoever passeth under the rod, the tenth shall be holy unto the Lord. He shall not search whether it be good or bad, neither shall he change it. And if he change it at all, then both it and the change thereof shall be holy. It shall not be redeemed. These are the commandments which the Lord commanded Moses for the children of Israel in Mount Sinai. The Book of Numbers, Chapter 1 And the Lord spake unto Moses in the wilderness of Sinai, in the tabernacle of the congregation, on the first day of the second month, in the second year after they were come out of the land of Egypt, saying, Take ye the sum of all the congregation of the children of Israel after their families, by the house of their fathers, with the number of their names, every male by their poles, from twenty years old and upward, all that are able to go forth to war in Israel, thou and Aaron shall number them by their armies. And with you there shall be a man of every tribe, every one head of the house of his fathers. And these are the names of the men that shall stand with you. Of the tribe of Reuben, Elazur, the son of Shedur. Of Simeon, Shalumiel, the son of Zerishadai. Of Judah, Nashon, the son of Amminadab. Of Issachar, Nethaniel, the son of Zuar. Of Zebulun, Eliab, the son of Helon. Of the children of Joseph, of Ephraim, Elishama, the son of Amahud. Of Manasseh, Gamaliel, the son of Petazur. Of Benjamin, Abadan, the son of Gideoni. Of Dan, Ahazer, the son of Amishadai. Of Asher, Pagiel, the son of Akran. Of Gad, Eliasaph, the son of Deuel. Of Naphtali, Ahira, the son of Enon. These were the renowned of the congregation, princes of the tribes of their fathers, heads of thousands in Israel. And Moses and Aaron took these men, which are expressed by their names, and they assembled all the congregation together on the first day of the second month, and they declared their pedigrees after their families, by the house of their fathers, according to the number of the names, from twenty years old and upward by their poles. And as the Lord commanded Moses, so he numbered them in the wilderness of Sinai. And the children of Reuben, Israel's eldest son, by their generations, after their families, by the house of their fathers, according to the number of their names, by their poles, every male from twenty years old and upward, all that were able to go forth to war. Those that were numbered of them, even of the tribe of Reuben, were forty and six thousand and five hundred. Of the children of Simeon, by their generations, after their families, by the house of their fathers, those that were numbered of them, according to the number of their names, by their poles, every male from twenty years old and upward, all that were able to go forth to war. Those that were numbered of them, even of the tribe of Simeon, were fifty and nine thousand and three hundred. Of the children of Gad, by their generations, after their families, by the house of their fathers, according to the number of their names, from twenty years old and upward, all that were able to go forth to war. Those that were numbered of them, even of the tribe of Gad, were forty and five thousand six hundred and fifty. Of the children of Judah, by their generations, after their families, by the house of their fathers, according to the number of the names, from twenty years old and upward, all that were able to go forth to war. Those that were numbered of them, even of the tribe of Judah, were threescore and fourteen thousand and six hundred. Of the children of Issachar, by their generations, after their families, by the house of their fathers, according to the number of the names, from twenty years old and upward, all that were able to go forth to war, those that were numbered of them, even of the tribe of Issachar, were fifty and four thousand and four hundred. Of the children of Zebulun, by their generations, after their families, by the house of their fathers, according to the number of the names, from twenty years old and upward, all that were able to go forth to war, 
Those that were numbered of them, even of the tribe of Zebulun, were fifty and seven thousand and four hundred. Of the children of Joseph, namely of the children of Ephraim, by their generations, after their families, by the house of their fathers, according to the number of the names, from twenty years old and upward, all that were able to go forth to war, those that were numbered of them, even of the tribe of Ephraim, were forty thousand and five hundred. Of the children of Manasseh, by their generations, after their families, by the house of their fathers, according to the number of the names, from twenty years old and upward, all that were able to go forth to war, those that were numbered of them, even of the tribe of Manasseh, were thirty and two thousand and two hundred. Of the children of Benjamin, by their generations, after their families, by the house of their fathers, according to the number of the names, from twenty years old and upward, all that were able to go forth to war, those that were numbered of them, even of the tribe of Benjamin, were thirty and five thousand and four hundred. Of the children of Dan, by their generations, after their families, by the house of their fathers, according to the number of the names, from twenty years old and upward, all that were able to go forth to war, those that were numbered of them, even of the tribe of Dan, were threescore and two thousand and seven hundred. Of the children of Asher, by their generations, after their families, by the house of their fathers, according to the number of the names, from twenty years old and upward, all that were able to go forth to war, those that were numbered of them, even of the tribe of Asher, were forty and one thousand and five hundred. Of the children of Naphtali, throughout their generations, after their families, by the house of their fathers, according to the number of the names, from twenty years old and upward, all that were able to go forth to war, those that were numbered of them, even of the tribe of Naphtali, were fifty and three thousand and four hundred. These are those that were numbered, which Moses and Aaron numbered, and the princes of Israel being twelve men, each one was for the house of his fathers. So were all those that were numbered of the children of Israel by the house of their fathers, from twenty years old and upward, all that were able to go forth to war in Israel. Even all they that were numbered were six hundred thousand and three thousand and five hundred and fifty. But the Levites, after the tribe of their fathers, were not numbered among them. For the Lord had spoken unto Moses, saying, Only thou shalt not number the tribe of Levi, neither take the sum of them among the children of Israel. But thou shalt appoint the Levites over the tabernacle of testimony, and over all the vessels thereof, and over all things that belong to it. They shall bear the tabernacle and all the vessels thereof, and they shall minister unto it, and shall encamp round about the tabernacle. And when the tabernacle setteth forward, the Levites shall take it down, and when the tabernacle is to be pitched, the Levites shall set it up. And the stranger that cometh nigh shall be put to death. And the children of Israel shall pitch their tents every man by his own camp and every man by his own standard throughout their hosts. But the Levites shall pitch round about the tabernacle of testimony, that there be no wrath upon the congregation of the children of Israel. And the Levites shall keep the charge of the tabernacle of testimony. And the children of Israel did according to all that the Lord commanded Moses, so did they. Our reading in the New Testament for March 3rd is Mark 11, 1-26. And when they came nigh to Jerusalem unto Bethphage and Bethany at the Mount of Olives, he sendeth forth two of his disciples, and saith unto them, Go your way into the village over against you, and as soon as ye be entered into it, ye shall find a colt tied, whereon never man sat. Loose him, and bring him. And if any man say unto you, Why do ye this? Say ye that the Lord hath need of him, and straightway he will send him hither. And they went their way, and found the colt tied by the door without in a place where two ways met, and they loose him. And certain of them that stood there said unto them, What do ye loosing the colt? And they said unto them, Even as Jesus had commanded, and they let them go. And they brought the colt to Jesus, and cast their garments on him, and he sat upon him. And many spread their garments in the way, and others cut down branches off the trees, and strawed them in the way. And they that went before, and they that followed, cried, saying, Hosanna, blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. 
Blessed be the kingdom of our father David that cometh in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And Jesus entered into Jerusalem and into the temple, and when he had looked round about upon all things, and now the eventide was come, he went out unto Bethany with the twelve. And on the morrow, when they were come from Bethany, he was hungry. And seeing a fig tree afar off having leaves, he came, if haply he might find anything thereon. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for the time of figs was not yet. And Jesus answered and said unto it, No man eat fruit of thee hereafter for ever. And his disciples heard it. And they come to Jerusalem, and Jesus went into the temple and began to cast out them that sold and bought in the temple, and overthrew the tables of the money changers, and the seats of them that sold doves, and would not suffer that any man should carry any vessel through the temple. And he taught, saying unto them, Is it not written, My house shall be called of all nations the house of prayer? But ye have made it a den of thieves. And the scribes and chief priests heard it, and sought how they might destroy him, for they feared him, because all the people was astonished at his doctrine. And when even was come, he went out of the city. And in the morning, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter, calling to remembrance, saith unto him, Master, behold, the fig tree which thou cursedst is withered away. And Jesus answering, saith unto them, Have faith in God. For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say unto you, What things soever ye desire, when ye pray, believe that ye receive them, and ye shall have them. And when ye stand praying, forgive if ye have aught against any, that your Father also which is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. But if ye do not forgive, neither will your Father which is in heaven forgive your trespasses. Our reading in Psalms for March 3rd is Psalm 46, 1-11. To the chief musician for the sons of Korah, a song upon Alamoth. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore will not we fear, though the earth be removed, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof. Selah. There is a river, the streams whereof shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacles of the Most High. God is in the midst of her, she shall not be moved. God shall help her, and that right early. The heathen raged, the kingdoms were moved, he uttered his voice, the earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us, the God of Jacob is our refuge, Selah. Come, behold the works of the Lord, what desolations he hath made in the earth. He maketh wars to cease unto the end of the earth. He breaketh the bow, and cutteth the spear in sunder. He burneth the chariot in fire. Be still, and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Selah. And our reading in Proverbs for March 3rd is Proverbs 10.23. It is as sport to a fool to do mischief, but a man of understanding hath wisdom. And that'll do that for March 3rd. Okay, y'all, let's do our 30-second meditation. Today's prayer is on Proverbs 16, 18, which says, Pride goeth before destruction, and an haughty spirit before a fall. So if you feel like it, hit the 30-second back button a few times on your podcast player, and meditate with me for a little while on what's really important, because prayer is the heavy artillery in the armor of God. So if you're ready, let's go. Father God, one of the biggest barriers we face to living out your righteousness is our own pride. 
Sometimes from our fallen earthly perspective, we lose sight of what Jesus' sacrifice truly means. We know we don't deserve your grace, Father. Please help us to stay focused on you and away from thoughts of our own importance. Please help us to remain grounded in Christ-centered faith instead of getting sidetracked into works-based religion. We repent of that pridefulness and give you thanks for helping us to live more righteous lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, that's all the Bible yawning I got for you tonight. Thank you, Father, for letting us study your word and for the gift of salvation through your son, Jesus Christ. Please bless and keep everybody listening and let this podcast be helpful to them some way. Amen. You can find us on Podbean, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon, Google CastBox, and Facebook. If you like what we're doing and you want to support it, what I really need is for y'all to pray for me and Bible Y'all Squall and all our friends and family. And if you got any prayer requests, email them to BibleYallPodcast at gmail.com. Otherwise, just go on out and try to make the world a better place. And if you can't make things any better, just try not to make them worse. Thanks, everybody, and God bless y'all. Hey, Bible, y'all. Here we go with names. This is going to be hard.